Hello, sports fans, and welcome to another edition of Yesterday Sports on the Sports History Network. And make sure to check out sportshistorynetwork.com slash giveaways. I have two signed books I'm giving away. One is titled No Nonsense Old School Weight Training, and the other is Reliving 1970s Old School Football. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hi, folks. Uh, Welcome to Pro Football in the 1970s. I'm your host, Joe Zagorski. This uh, episode is about New York versus New York in New Haven in 1974. Now, during the 1974 NFL season, pro football fans in New York suffered. I mean, they really suffered. Both the Jets and the Giants were having horrible seasons as as they entered Week 9, and both teams were being dealt with more than their fair share of problems, injuries, and ineptness. Uh, The Giants could claim only two wins at this stage of the year, while the Jets could only collect one victory. On November the 10th, 1974, the Jets would meet the Giants at the Yale Bowl in New Haven, Connecticut, in what was deemed as the Battle of New York. Well, the Giants were playing their home games that year at the Yale Bowl while they waited for Giants Stadium in the New Jersey Meadowlands, or Swamplands, if you will, to be built. Now, bragging rights were at stake in this contest, and just like in any other high-pitched rivalry, one seems to throw out the records and statistics. There was a natural enmity between these two teams, and this was a game where both teams figured that they would both be in a much better situation in the standings at the beginning of the year, but that wasn't the case. Craig Morton was the New York Giants quarterback, and having been traded from the Cowboys a little bit earlier in the year. Uh, Now, the idea behind the trade was because the Giants were simply tired of losing, and they needed a jolt of sorts. Bringing in a new quarterback can usually provide such a jolt, especially when that quarterback was a proven winner, as Morton was. Now, while it was true that Dallas was Roger Stallback's team, you have to remember that Morton did lead the Cowboys to the Super Bowl in 1970 and to the playoffs in 1972, so Morton was more than just a serviceable quarterback. Joe Namath, he was the Jets quarterback, and for the first time in several years, he was actually healthy enough to play. He had endured some pretty debilitating knee injuries after his epic Super Bowl III victory in 1968. But his arm was still a rocket, and Morton's arm was strong too. The winner of this New York versus New York game could change the course of their team's 1974 season. Now this Jets-Giants game would turn out to be historic. It was... Um, the actual the, the very first time in the history of the regular season where a game was decided by the new sudden death overtime rules. Those rules stipulated that after 60 minutes of regulation, the game would enter a 15-minute sudden death period. The first team to score would win. Doesn't matter how they scored, whether it be safety, field goal, or a touchdown, one score in overtime resulted in victory. If no team scored during that extra period, then the game would officially be declared a tie. Well, that's exactly what happened in the second week of the 1974 season when the Steelers and the Broncos battled to a 35-35 tie 
after five full quarters of play, this Jets-Giants game would have a different result. Now, neither the Jets or the Giants had shown an ability to play good defense in 1974, so it figured that both offenses would probably be able to move the ball. Well, that's exactly what happened. And it was a pretty even matchup, at least as far as the statistics were concerned. Uh, Joe Namath threw for 236 yards in the game, and Morton threw for 237 yards. Now, both quarterbacks tossed two touchdown passes, and neither quarterback threw an interception. Uh, moreover, neither team fumbled the ball all game long. For two teams that have been playing subpar football during the first couple of months of the season, this particular Jets-Giants game was uh, practically a perfect game for both teams. There were only three penalties for a grand total of 20 yards between the two teams all game long. And what separated the Jets and the Giants was the running game and the field goals that were made. Rookie Jets running back Bob Burns managed to account for 101 ground yards, most of which came on draw plays. All told, the Jets accrued 189 ground yards compared to 124 rushing yards for the Giants. On special teams, which often provides the key to victory or defeat in the sport of football, Jets place kicker Pat Leahy made two out of his three field goal attempts. In contrast, Giants place kicker Pete Gogolak only connected on two of his four field goal attempts. And those two misses would be very harmful for the Giants. The Jets only trailed by a score of 13 to 10 at halftime. The Giants increased their lead to 20 to 13 by the end of the third quarter, thanks to a 12-yard scoring pass from Morton to journeyman wide receiver Bob Grimm. By all appearances, and despite several missed scoring opportunities, it looked like the Giants were on the way, their way to a win. Then Joe Namath led the Jets to what was perhaps their best drive of the game which was culminated by Joe Willie himself on a three-yard naked bootleg running around into the end zone. Now, the fourth quarter ended in a 20-20 tie. Uh, the sudden death overtime period commenced, and it began in the same manner as the beginning of a game, with a coin toss at midfield. The numbers bear it out. The winner of the coin toss in overtime generally ends up winning the game more often than not. Well, the Giants won this particular coin toss and they drove down the field intent on kicking at least a field goal for the win. Well, that is almost what happened. Pete Gogolak attempted a field goal, but it was ruled by the referee to a sail wide left. It was close and it was certainly controversial. Gogolak disagreed with the official's call, vehemently in fact. Namath would not waste that gift of an opportunity. He immediately drove his offense downfield. He hit Richard Castor deep downfield for 42 yards, and a few plays later from the Giants' five-yard line, Namath connected with setback Emerson Boozer for the winning touchdown. Uh, the New York Jets' 26-20 victory over the New York Giants gave them the impetus to turn their season around. They never lost another game in 1974, and they finished with a 7-7 record. The Giants, on the other hand, never won another game in 1974, and they finished with a deplorable 2-12 record. Sometimes, just one game can make a big difference. One game in New Haven in 1974. Thanks for listening uh, to this episode of Pro Football in the 70s. I'm your host, Joe Zagorski, and we look forward to talking with you again next time. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network. 
your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hey there, Sports History fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the Football History Dude, and I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network. Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already, we have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact, here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. Join George Bozica, the president of the PFRA, and myself, John Bozica, each month for the Professional Football Researchers Association official podcast. We'll discuss the history of the game, the many names of the game, and so many different things for you, making the history of football not only entertaining, but fun at the same time, as we join you on the Sports History Network on the official PFRA podcast. How about that? I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Head over there today to find your next favorite sports history podcast.